0: So much of it correlates back into the physical space of fitness and nutrition. When I think about some of the things that like I've started to heal through, right? Why did I always think my body had to look a certain way? I was the only girl in my family. Like I was just kind of made to feel like my body was supposed to look a certain way. But what is that? What are we supposed to look like? Because I got to a place that I thought was happiness and I was a shell. People will focus so much on one leg of the chair. One leg, but who wants to sit on a chair where there's one good leg? I sure Mm -hmm. as hell don't. Please give me two or three, but four is best. So if we're really focusing in on that spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the mental, like we've got this solid ground beneath us and that feels so good.
1: Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness, I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it.
2: Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to our special guest today, Michelle Rains, who is a breathwork practitioner and formerly the sister half of the brother-sister duo that made up the Key Nutrition Podcast, which I've been listening to for years. So I'm really excited to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much for
1: joining us today.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. I love the Key Nutrition Podcast. (laughs) I really do.
2: I've gotten a lot of really good nuggets and learnings out of there for the past couple of years. So, good. still appreciate it, even though you've moved on from that.
0: Amazing.
2: Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> well, why don't we start with telling us a little bit about yourself, what's yeah. your story? Because you used to be a nutrition coach as well, right? And
0: then you kind of shifted. Yeah. Yeah, my life. And, you know, I I always take people back like Michelle 2019, only, you know, three and a half years ago, because I I like people to see like, really the shift, like, if people have met me in the last three years, I think they've truly met who I am, right? Prior to that, I was really still trying to figure it out. And I will totally wrap myself out here that I was 37 years old when I was trying to figure my life out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so I don't think there's ever a time that's too late. In 2019, I at the end of 2019, I found myself in this place in my life that I was building the the Key Nutrition brand, like you said, which is owned and operated by my younger brother. And I was really kind of building it as the COO. So I was the front face of this company. I was building the company alongside my brother, truly. And honestly, at that time, do you, do you girls know what 75 Hard is? okay okay (laughs) yes yes okay so i had just completed 75 hearts so what i'm going to preface this with is i was in this physical body of mine that i was like i got it going on right like i was feeling myself like i looked pretty dang good 75 hard any of your listeners really hard 75 day program two-a-day workouts pictures reading no alcohol follow a nutrition plan it's very 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 rigid and I was in this, I found myself in this body that I was like, okay, so this is actually what I envisioned myself as like the happiest I could ever be as this body. And it. I wasn't there. I was this like shell of a human. So I started to realize that emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, I was, I was a shell. I was empty inside. And I really like people looking inside, like into my life as an outsider, like really thought like I had the echelon of whatever life gives us. And I was feeling this just feeling of emptiness. So this is the end of 2019. And as a company, a a team of nutrition coaches, we went for a team retreat uh, to San Diego. And we were eating and playing and going to the beach and all these things. And there was this two hour segment on Saturday of this retreat that was plaguing my mind and it was called breathwork and I knew it was coming. I didn't want any part of it. I had total resistance to it. In in 2019, what I knew of breathwork was that you lay on a mat and you breathe like a maniac, and you start to feel emotions and people cry and scream. And I'm like, that is so unnecessary, that is so weird. And so this whole retreat building up to Saturday, one to three, I was just like, okay, how do I get out of this? How do I not participate? What I'll tell you is, I had so much resistance to it. And the reason I tell people that is because there's so often people out there when they are presented with breathwork, they have that same resistance. Usually it's something they have never done, but they'll say, well, I don't wanna do it, but they are not sure why. However, 1255, the doorbell rings, I'm like, here we go. I'm in, like I'm in, like I'm here, I don't have a choice. I've been asked to stay. And I open the door and there's this woman standing there. And she's got, sure enough, she's got her yoga mats and we're just all ready to get weird, right? And so she comes in the house, VRBO, she sits down with all of us and she starts to tell us more and more in depth about breath work. And she starts to tell us like why she got into it. Well, the second I was able to relate to her, which was, I was a very, very anxious person growing up and never felt comfortable in my body. I was like, oh, my ears perked, right? I was like, okay, I'm relating to this. So I started to lean into like, okay, Maybe there's something to this. So make a huge long story short of her building this relationship with us for these couple hours and then getting us over to these said mats, right? Where we did lay down and we proceeded to breathe for 52 minutes. And that was on December 29th of 2019. And ever since then, I am I, it fundamentally shifted who I am as a person. And I don't like to project my first experience onto people I only tell my story because if somebody out there can relate, then sometimes that feels safe for someone to go into this modality and try it. What I can tell you is in that 52 minutes, I started to, the first about five to eight minutes, I was resistant to it. The breath feels a little funny. It was starting to make my body tingle weird. I didn't like that. And I had a ton of resistance and the thoughts, my thoughts just kept playing into this. This is weird. Will this work? Why are you doing this? What is the point of this? How long do I have to do this? I kept thinking that, right? And as soon as I hit, I I don't know what it was, eight to 10 minutes maybe, when I just said, I'm going all in, I dropped into my breath, I dropped into my body. And when I dropped into my body, what I can tell you is this is a place that, again, at 37 years old, I'm not sure I knew how to connect to. And so as soon as I leaned into that and I connected to my body and I started to trust the breath, trust the body trust the breath, trust the body. I started to feel this. It almost felt like there was a heat lamp that was over my chest, right above my heart area. And I literally thought there is something warm hovering above my chest. And I just kept trusting whatever that was, whatever I was feeling to just keep opening to it, opening to it, settling into it, settling into it. And as soon as I did that, and I settled in the rest of the breath work. I felt this immense amount of love that was radiating from inside of me. It was not an external thing that I was grabbing for. And I realized that most of my life, when I came out of that breath session, I sat up, I still have the very first entry that I wrote when I sat up, and I didn't know what it was because I had never felt it before. I couldn't quite articulate it, but what I said in my journal entry was, whatever that feeling was, I want to feel that for the rest of my life. And as I started to really dive into breathwork, participate in more breathwork through the year of 2020, which we all kind of needed breathwork then, but started to really, really practice it. I started to realize what it was is for my entire life leading up to that, I had externally tried to solve an internal problem. And when I say externally, I had tried to have the body shape I had dieted, I had tried to get the right man, I had tried to look the part, I had tried all these external sources of trying to heal some internal wounds. That when I really started to use my breath, drop into my body and trust that was what was in here was enough, the love that I felt started to radiate from inside outwardly. And slowly, slowly, I started to really like the person I was. I started to watch my marriage of at that time, 10 years in 2020, I started to watch it shift into this place that just felt good and easy and yummy. I started to realize that the connection to my kids felt a little bit different. What I tell people is I started to realize there was this depth to life that I didn't know was there. I did not know it was available to me. And Went through all of 2020, move into 2021, and I realize I want to help people feel this. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it what my title is, but what I know is I want more people to feel what I'm feeling. Because what I started to feel was this deep, deep love for people. I used to be very, very skeptical of people. I used to be skeptical of What is their ulterior motive? Um, I used to be very skeptical of, you know, instead of thinking like, what has that person been through? What happened to them? I would think, what the hell's wrong with them, right? I would immediately be in this position of judging. And I started to realize my deep, deep passion for people and for connection. And I knew I wanted to deliver this. So in 2021, I went to my husband. I said, I want to go through this certification. It's a grip of money. Do I have your support? Sure enough, I did. And I went through this six-month course to become a breathwork practitioner. So that kind of gives you like the preface of like Michelle 2019 to today who just, I have a passion and a love for breathwork that I I honestly tell people like I kind of accidentally found. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: I love that. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. mm -hmm." The you were trying to solve an internal thing externally. Mm -hmm. which isn't that what so many people do. And sometimes it can be done Mm -hmm. like simultaneously, but a lot of times we're hunting for that thing, like the perfect body, the perfect diet plan, the perfect whatever, the perfect guy, like you said, where the problem, if you want to call it that, or the work that needs to be done is actually internal. Like, why do I feel like I need to do this? Why do I feel like I can't love myself and respect myself if I don't? Yeah. Yeah. That's big.
0: Yeah, it is big. And I think that we can search our entire lives trying to externally fix an internal problem, but until we're willing to drop in. And I think for myself, at least, it was not wanting to go inward and see that hurt and that sad that was in there. We try to avoid that, right? And so maybe having an external appearance, meaning that physical body that just looks like this perfect, whatever perfect is anymore, right? But having this perfect physique people think you have it all together right that you've got this like you've got it made and it was just so opposite for me of what i thought it would be after i achieved that physical body like i literally thought there was this number on the scale that equated to happiness Mm -hmm. and it 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 wasn't that we were talking before and
2: brooke and i were just in a meeting where we were talking about you know if it was just as easy as a, a plug and play follow this fitness plan, achieve everything you want to do. We'd all be oh, amazing. <laughs> literally. Yes. <laughs> but it's not. It's,
1: it's getting down and dirty with your shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you have to. Yes. Yeah. Learning to get uncomfortable. Learning to move through and sit in that discomfort and explore that discomfort, I think is so important in order to just move and grow as a person.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And
2: oh, understand, understand why you do the things you do is if, if you don't patterns oh yeah if you don't know why then you're just kind of flailing
0: oh yeah and, and I I often will tell people you know I I say we have to have that awareness around whatever it is right whether it's the spiritual aspect the mental aspect emotional or the physical we have to have the awareness if somebody wants to lose weight we kind of have to have the awareness how much are we eating like, what, what are we consuming in a day? And people want to avoid that awareness so often because once the awareness is there, it's kind of like, okay, hey, well, what are you going to do now, right? What's going to be mm-hmm. the action that follows that? Mm-hmm. So they avoid yeah, the awareness altogether.
1: Yeah, you can't ignore it once it's out in the open. You have to address it. And I think there's so many individuals out there who just aren't mentally ready to address it. So For I sure. think, you know, once, once you bring that awareness, it, it's very hard it's right in front of you. It's staring right back at you. And it's not comfortable when it does that. Such a good point. Yeah.
2: So back into your wheelhouse, Michelle, what is breath work for those that don't know and how slash why can and do people use it to look inside at some of that shit that's holding them back? How does it even work?
0: What is it? such a good question. I love this. Breathwork is honestly one of the fastest growing modalities over here in Western society. What I want everyone to understand that's out there listening is this is not a new modality. Eastern culture, this is a way of living for them. Chanting, breathing, dropping into your body first thing in the morning throughout the day. Like this is literally a way of life.
2: Can I pause you for one second? Because yeah. what does dropping into your body mean? Mm,
0: yes. Okay. I love that question because I actually, <laughs> I was guiding an all men's and I never will forget this six, seven dude looks down at me and he goes, what is dropping into my body mean? I'm like, okay, I need to explain that better. Right? <laughs> so as I don't know exactly how every each individual drops into your body, but let me tell you what, what I find for myself. We have to be able to quiet our minds. When you think of like the monks who just, they meditate, like, so perfect in our you know what we see they are not shutting their minds off they're learning how to quiet them and drop into your body so here's a here's a good for instance for dropping into your body having 10 minutes in the morning and this is this is what I have started to practice where you tune in to complete silence so anything that's moving around you right so suddenly you become very aware of audio right whether it's birds chirping because you're outside a wind chime you can hear the air conditioner kicking on and off you come become so aware of audio you look around and you find what you can see you know for right now i can see trees my grass i'm looking out a window i can see my computer you start to become super aware then you start to drop into your body and you start to go what are the temperature of my hands you start to get so still Right? And then you bring in breath. You just simply start to pay attention to your breath, awareness in through your nose and out through your mouth. And you start to actually, you'll start to pay attention to your heart, start to feel your heartbeat. At this point, you've now dropped into your body from this like audio visual, you've now dropped and you're into your body. So then when you keep the breath moving, you stay in your body and you start to be aware of like, is my stomach grumbling? Am I digesting food? Am I hungry? Can I feel whatever I'm standing on or sitting on? Can I feel that support of it? You start to be so aware of your body versus your thoughts. And here's what's going to happen. Your thoughts are going to kick back up and they're going to go, did you turn the curling iron off? Did you add that to the grocery order? All these things. And you come back to the breath. And now all of a sudden you go, oh, that's right. I was in my body. So that's when I say dropping into your body that's like softening the thoughts, like almost thinking of them like clouds or bubbles that are kind of there, but they're kind of shifting and they're moving. And right now, sometimes I actually have to say, thoughts, I don't need you in this moment, but I'll come back to you as soon as I'm done with this practice. It's almost like telling myself I can come back to it when I need to. So when we're able to drop into our bodies, we start to listen to what the body has to say. And I, have you girls ever heard of the book, um, any listeners out there, The Body Keeps the Score? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. Oh, yeah, Ooh, there it got is, it. Brooke. Yep. <laughs> okay, right. here. Yes. So I've been listening to the audio, and really, our body, we have to remember it keeps track of everything, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that's happened in your life, trauma, when I say that word, I don't care how big or how small, it's how we perceive the trauma. Mm hmm. We a lot of times will take that and I tell people an analogy of we take it, it's like a beach ball and we shove it down underwater. And as that beach ball is down underwater and you're in a swimming pool, it's kind of fun to lay on it and float around and you're like enjoying it. And then what happens if you just all of a sudden let go of it? Boom, that thing pops up, hits you in the face, probably gives you a bloody nose, right? It It ends up being such a bigger emotion that comes up then if we just kind of nurture it, see it, slowly let it come up, right? So breath work. breath work is being able to do that art of dropping into your body. And during a breath work journey with me, that's what we do. We start to lay down. We start to soften the mind. We start to listen to the music. We start to listen to my voice. We start to breathe and we start to drop into the body. So as soon as you're down there in the body, you can suddenly listen to the messages of the body, of these emotions that we have taken and we've suppressed them because they either A, didn't feel safe to feel in the moment, but what you have to understand is they're still there. They're still just jammed down, suppressed in, and they're there and they're festering and they're that beach ball that suddenly you're standing in the grocery store aisle, and they're out of your favorite K cups of coffee, and you lose your mind over it, it's because that emotion came out in a wrong context. But it was just there, right? If that makes sense. I know that's a silly analogy about the coffee, but your your emotions almost don't start to not match the thing at hand, right? Right? So in breath work, we're able to soften into the body and understand the messages that our our body is trying to scream to us. So oftentimes when we have dis-ease in our lives, whatever that is, stress, any sort of illness, anything like that, any dis-ease, we start to feel, it can turn to disease in our body if we don't deal with it. So breath is this way for me for me, what I started to feel in 2019 was this way of accessing safety in my body and then starting to be, it, it, was, it was, I always tell people, if it was a one and done thing, just like you guys say, the plug and play thing, right? Wouldn't we all just be amazing human beings? Like if I could eat one salad and be thin the rest of my life, that'd be so cool. <laughs> we can't. And so I tell people it was over the course of literally multiple breath journeys multiple meditations, multiple dropping into my bodies, that I accessed that safety, that I started to access the safety that was there to be able to be with whatever was coming up. So oftentimes people don't want to feel, you know, they, they, or they, let's say they think they shouldn't feel anger. A lot of women, there's actually a book that's for women that allows them to feel anger. We think we're not supposed to feel anger. And so we suppress it, right? And what I found is I was able to move through some anger. I was like, oh, shit, that's really sadness that I just didn't want to feel. Right? So being able to actually feel the emotion in its entirety and free it from the body with your own breath. With your own, because breath, it's energy. Energy is your life force that moves through your body. And I always tell people, we're responsible for that. We are responsible for our energy.
2: Yeah. I have not really practiced at all. Um, there's really not a place near me, which is kind of sad where I can do that. But I have done some like Wim Hof stuff towards the beginning of the pandemic. I was just like this uptight ball of <laughs> madness. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I just need to do something here. So I, I looked up Wim Hof on YouTube, who I actually heard of a couple years before. And it was amazing just and like, I didn't know anything about like dropping into my body or really being aware of anything, but just intentionally controlling my breath and slowing it down and like letting my shoulders relax and laying on the floor and just like being, it was amazing. Yeah. Do that more. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. We all as humans should. The, the, the thing I always hear after someone comes to a breath journey is this, this resounding, like, I didn't realize I needed that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, exactly, I don't think we do. So my weekly breath session here that I do in person is called Be and Breathe, because we rarely as a society just allow ourselves to be, very rarely, you know? And even, even like Brooke had mentioned, be in the discomfort. We as soon as we feel that discomfort, we're like, oh, I'm going to do whatever I can to tiptoe out of this because we don't want to feel we live in a society, you guys like we want our whole life Amazon primed, like we want everything comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to go, oh, you know what, I intentionally want to go tonight at 630 to lay in my breath and feel like shit for a minute. Like it really it's hard. <laughs> and people don't understand the breath work, the work part of it. That we're not like i always tell people we're not lighting a fire and singing kumbaya we're, we're gonna do some work now there's also the moments especially when you are think about this so when you are super into fitness let's say you're three years into your fitness journey and you are crushing it at the gym you go to the gym four to five times a week you have to start to change up your workouts eventually right in order to feel sore or you have to do more reps you have to do more sets we know this progressive overload you have to to start to feel that muscle working again so it's the same with breath work so for me three and a half years in i sometimes go to breath work and lay it and I just feel this bliss and this joy and this sense of myself and who I am and how I get to show up. And it's like the most enlightening feeling. I come out of breath work like, okay, we're gonna dominate the world. It's not always this crippling, ugh. Because if you're constantly doing the work, you don't ever have to play catch up. So it's easier to keep up than catch up. Ain't that the truth. So what is the work? What does that look like?
2: Is it just sitting and feeling, or is there like other things to it?
0: What is the work? Yes. I think the work is so breath work coming to light in Western society. And hopefully I can speak to this, um, psychedelics. So there's, you know, plant medicine that's, you know, being talked about in, in the world and in the healing space, I think a lot of people are utilizing that I'm not against or for one more than the other. I, I think they both have a time and a place. What I'm going to tell you is breath work, it consists of more work, because as you start to breathe, your logical mind kicks in, we have these pillars of connection. And it's the way in which our body receives information. And we can access it through the breath. And we have this intellectual pillar that it literally will kick us, it wants us to stop the breath it wants us to stop. It says, this is totally abnormal. We don't breathe this way. Why are we doing this, right? So it will really fight against you and you have to push through that intellectual pillar. What I'm gonna say with plant medicine now, I will preface this with saying, in all honesty, I've never done plant medicine. So I probably shouldn't speak to it, but what I've heard time and time again is, it kind of pushes past that pillar for you. There's not a ton of work. You kind of just drop into the medicine and the medicine does what it needs to do. Now, breath, some people will give the breath up as soon as they start to feel discomfort, they'll go, uh, nope, and they'll come out of the breath, they'll come back to their natural way of breathing, whatever that is, maybe it's an expansive breath, maybe it's constricted, whatever it is, they'll fall out of the breath, and they say, I'm not going there. So I think what the work is, is learning, when is it that it's like, you know what, My body's a hell yes. I'm going all in because I'm ready to sit in this discomfort. What I have found is there was a period of time after I got certified and I was like, I'm a breath practitioner. What the hell does that mean? Like, what do I, what do I do? What I'm starting to realize is humans love a, we love permission from (laughs) another person for whatever reason, right? We love that permission Two, we love to be seen. I used to call it validated, but now I call it being seen. We love to be seen. And three, I would beg, I would beg in the rooms I've been in to say, most human beings like physical touch. So in that instance, when I'm in a room with somebody, I'll tell you what, I am gonna give them full permission. Stay in it, be in it, you are so safe. I am going to see them through it. Like I, I'm here, I've got you, I'm not leaving. You're. We're in this together. And three, I'm gonna place my hands in a place that feels so comforting to them of that physical touch, right? Giving my energy, being a vessel for them that I can take from them because I'm not gonna take it as my own. I'm gonna take it into my container and then I'm gonna let it go too. But together, we're gonna do this. We're gonna be in this together. And you gotta think, if you go to the gym and you have a personal trainer, you are not bowing out of that last rep. In fact, you're probably doing two more reps. So it's the same thing when we start to do that work, where we start to go, no, I'm gonna just stay in this, this immense grief that I'm feeling, right? This sadness that I'm feeling that I have avoided, that I have avoided by whatever the coping mechanism is, eating, scrolling, sex, drugs, alcohol. I'm gonna just stay in this discomfort right now because I have this other person who is telling me I'm seen, I'm okay, And I'm feeling so comforted right now to be able to stay in it. So I think that the work is so much of just showing up, first of all, I can't force people to show up into the rooms that I guide in. They have to show up and want to be part of whatever it is. And there's times that I'll tell people, if tonight's not your night to go so deep into those pain points, just let yourself be in the energy of just being. You have nothing to do for 55 minutes. Just be. See if you can just allow yourself to start to get familiar with the sensations in your body. Feeling your heartbeat, feeling where is your breath. If you don't change a thing, you know, the breath is so fascinating because it is the only system in our body that unconsciously does its thing for us. And we can also take conscious hold of it. So like right now, both of you girls, all you listeners out there, you're breathing you're breathing. And then all of a sudden, we can take a nice deep breath. And it literally can relax us. Like we can take hold of it and relax our nervous system. So from a scientific standpoint, I can like geek out all day on it because I get so excited about it because it works. Go for it. Yeah. So you got to think of all the different things. Like when someone says, Oh my gosh, that's a sigh of relief, or somebody takes a big deep breath. Uh, just needs to like let it out, right? We always go, what's the matter? But let's think about from a standpoint of our lungs, our diaphragm, our belly, right? So many of us are only breathing from our lungs. We are just shallow breathers. We just, we, we all are. Like when we get moving, or if we get stressed out, forget it. Like our shoulders collapse, everything just comes into here. And there is so much work on the, the lungs. Our diaphragm, like our heart, our diaphragm, our belly, when I tell people to take a deep breath, I'm talking like from your hip bones, like I'm talking the bottom of your belly should expand. And what I want to talk to you girls, any, any female listeners out there is we are taught stand up straight, suck your gut in, da, 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 da. So when we breathe, we don't want to let our belly expand. We like think it has to look all pretty and tight and in. Think about that all the time when I'm teaching people how to breathe for lifting.
2: Yes. All the time. Yes. It's so hard for people to understand that because we're so used to standing up straight and tuck, you know, sucking it in and tightening our core and all of that. It's like, no, you, you, you yep.
0: got to let it expand. Yes. Just let the air fill into mm-hmm. your belly, right? From that point, you are pushing your diaphragm up, which is then igniting the limbic system, which is this whole system in our body of that one deep breath can change everything if you do it right. So understanding that when we just stop in our day and create just a teeny bit of space to take three deep breaths, I've told corporate places this, every meeting, I want you to hear my annoying voice in your head saying, take three deep breaths before this meeting starts. Because so many people just go in agenda, this, that they go from one thing to another. I have a girlfriend who she guides breath with me. She shows up to wherever she is. If we're together, she shows up to my house. She shows up to an event that we're doing. She never gets out of the car before five minutes. And I finally said, what the hell do you do in your car? She goes, I take deep breaths. I decompress. I make sure every single text is responded to so that when I move into wherever I'm coming, I'm present. I'm like, who the hell would have thought? Like, (laughs) She shows up so grounded. And so I think we forget to just stop. Let's also think about knee jerk reaction, that phrase. When we immediately want to react to someone, just what if, what if we were just able to step back, just take some deep breaths, calm the nervous system, let the mind kind of drop and then talk my guess is we would start responding versus reacting. And I think that anyone can get on board with that part of breath, right? These breath journeys where we're dropping in to our body and we're really going after those emotions, I tell people, it can be a very spiritual experience. There has been numerous stories I have had shared with me, my own personal anecdotal experience of me finding my higher power through sitting in a lot of silence with my breath, through being in nature with my breath, I was able to establish for me what my higher power was. That's the spiritual side of breath. But there's also, people will come in and it's a little more Wim Hof style. I have a guy who his whole, his whole premise of coming to breath is he, when he does the breath holds, you will see him look at his watch. He wants to extend that time that he can be in a hold. He wants to trust that his body is so oxygen rich that he can hold his breath for a lengthy amount of time. So one isn't right and one's not wrong. It can be as woo as you want it to, and it can be as scientific and health benefits as you want it to as well. That's cool.
2: What you said about being reactive is something we've talked about before. And I want to talk about it again, because it's so important. And it goes back to the whole like plug and play conversation is a lot of it comes back to emotional regulation. And emotional maturity but not that like if you don't know how to do it you're immature it's just that we haven't been allowed to as you said express emotions feel emotions we haven't been given the space we haven't been taught how because you know keep it together keep your cool you know until it eventually bubbles up and we explode but a lot of the emotional balance plays such a huge role in like the physical nutrition side of things too. Mm -hmm. Because like you said about the coping mechanisms, like how often do we just reach for something, anything, whether it's food or not, without taking a pause and seeing what do I actually need here? What do I want? What do I need?
0: Yeah. What do I want? What do I need? Or what am I avoiding? Mm -hmm. What am I, you know, not wanting to be with? So that's, it's so incredibly true when it comes to, to food of creating that space to go can i check in with my body am i truly hungry oh wow no i'm actually bored no i'm actually feeling less than in some area it's it's wild when you can really start to check in with your body and i can't tell you how much it coincides back over to the nutrition lane the food lane that you know it's pretty wild and in fact in 2020, the place where I was no longer the COO. I was loving breath, but not being certified. I did become, I went through certification, right? And did some nutrition coaching. And it was wild for me to see in every single one of my clients, and I'm sure you girls see this, there is something emotionally deeper in somebody who copes with food. There is something emotionally deeper. I mean, there's something emotionally deeper in in any coping mechanism. But I, I started to realize I'm like... It doesn't matter what you eat for dinner. Let's figure out why at 5 p.m. you're feeling so, you know, like down on yourself and let's figure out that emotional component that comes in. And so much of it correlates back into the physical space of fitness and nutrition. When I think about some of the things that like I've started to heal through, right? Why did I always think my body had to look a certain way? I was the only girl in my family, like I was just kind of made to feel like my body was supposed to look a certain way. But what is that? What are we supposed to look like? Because I got to a place that I thought was happiness, my body. And I was a shell. So I don't know that, that, you know, I just think there's so much where people will focus so much on one leg of the chair, right? One leg. But who wants to sit on a chair where there's one good leg? I sure Mm -hmm. as hell don't. Please give me two or three. Mm hmm. But four is best. So if we're really focusing in on that spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the mental, like we've got this solid ground beneath us. And that feels so good.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you brought up how, I mean, as coaches, I work with clients who definitely have issues with like emotional eating. And it's really interesting because it is so much deeper. And a lot of times they're using food as a coping mechanism when in reality, how much different could things look if they just take a step back and learn how to regulate their emotions, learn how to catch their breath, learn how to sit again in that discomfort versus having to turn to something to numb it or to cope with it. And so I love that you brought that up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I saw that you guys just posted a, a podcast with my homie, Chase Smith. I I love him. Like, mm-hmm. and he's who love like, Chase. I, yeah, has helped me with because I've never been diagnosed, but I don't know if we need a diagnosis as far as binge eating goes. Like I know what I feel like when I when I do it, right? And a lot of times I step back after a binge and I go, well, shit, if I just would have taken some space, like I could have felt exactly what that void was because it didn't involve hunger like the void I did not feel hungry right so being able to create the space and breath in so many different capacities for myself has created that space I had my first panic attack anxiety experience at 13 years old up until the point of 37 when I found breath work I just was Michelle with anxiety like that was just me like it was all kind of one thing and I am not anxiety anxiety is not me occasionally I feel anxious moments for sure But being able to realize that this thing called anxiety will not kill me even if I sit with it in breath. It won't kill me. I can move through it, I can be with it. And sometimes if we think of something, whether it's anxiety, sadness, fear, as a whole circle, and we think, am I feeling it the entire way through? Because that's when people say, well, how do I know if I've released it? Well, first of all, your system knows, it knows if you have. But think, can you just sit in it and be with it as it ticks around? Or are we bailing out halfway through because we're like, forget this. I'm going to go eat instead. That's so much easier. I'm going to go scroll social media. That's so much easier. Whatever that coping mechanism is that just feels so much easier than just being with it. But the truth is, there's no easy route when it comes to losing fat, getting emotionally healthy, finding those, those moments in your life where you will just pause It's made me so much less reactive. And that has been such a beautiful place to be in because I feel like I lived my life in reaction mode. And let me tell you how many apologies you owe when you react. (laughs) Like I saved myself a lot of time in apologies because- I'm like, if I just don't react, right? You know the reactions too. When people are texting and you're kind of in a fight and it's like, you get like five in a row. I'm like, oh, that was a reaction. Instead of like creating one text that was a thought was, you know, boom, boom, boom. We're like going at each other. And I'm just like, just step back. Even tell the person, you know what? I just need a minute. People don't do that. They don't give themselves that time and space. Yeah. I also feel like
2: that's not allowed either. A lot of times it's like, no, we have to hash this out now until we just trample over it until it's incapable of being talked about anymore. Exactly. I think what I love the most about this conversation is just the, like you said, the permission to feel permission to have space for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And like that's something we see, too, is the fact that people ask permission all the time what they're allowed to eat Oh, yeah. Which to me, I'm like, I'm 29 and I have like 63-year-olds asking me what they're allowed to eat. And it's like, (laughs) this is not something you need permission for. But I understand at the same time why you feel like it. It's the same with emotion. A hundred percent. It's the same and it's hard to sit with it. And it, it goes back to that conversation about being okay with sitting in discomfort, which healing and stuff like aside... That just makes you so much more capable of handling life with a more even way of being, you know, it's not just this up and down and all around and oh my God, what's happening and it's like, okay,
0: yeah, That's exactly when you were saying it's more of an even, right? Like I understand that life has its ups and downs for Mm -hmm. sure, right? Our emotions, we can wake up happy as hell and go to bed sad as hell. Like it's our feelings are wavering all through the day. It's up and down, but it's how can we get it a little less of those really high peaks and those really low valleys, like how can we get it, right? And that's just, it's everything in life, right? It's like figuring out a sustainable diet for somebody. It's figuring out, right? A 63-year-old asking you, what can I eat, right? That's like people asking like, am I okay to feel this? Yes, it's what you feel, right? And it's just figuring out what the modality is. Because I always tell people, I accidentally fell in love with breath work. So that's what I'm going to preach, right? That's what I'm going to bring to people. And that's what I'm super passionate about. I could talk about it for hours, but it doesn't mean that it's for you. It, it means that you should maybe dip your toes in it and see if that's something that could help you if anything I've said has resonated, right? It's just like a meal plan, tracking macros, intuitive eating. I don't feel like there's one that's right and one that's wrong. I feel like it's what's going to work for you. Go to the gym at 9am, go to the gym at 5pm whatever works for you. You have to start to figure out what works for you, what you will kind of enjoy sticking with, even if it's uncomfortable. I don't love interval running, but right now I have a goal for whatever stupid reason that I'm gonna do it four times a week. And I'm just like, I actually am starting to enjoy how it makes me feel. I I actually dread it before I go. Like I gotta go after this podcast. (laughs) I'm dreading it. But as soon as I do it, I'm like, I don't regret that. So you have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's
2: your responsibility. It is. A little bit of tough love for our listeners out there. You, you know when your shit's not together. I think mm-hmm. most people do. It's your responsibility to start addressing it, even yeah. though it's hard.
0: Yeah. And it's your responsibility to bring awareness to those spaces that need. you're the only one that knows mm-hmm. when it truly is right out of wax.
2: I mean, I feel like we're hitting all the points here, but what did we miss? What else do you want us
0: to know? You know what? I feel like like when I say I can talk for hours about breathwork, I could, but I also like to keep it simple when I'm, you know, first coming on on a podcast platform to talk about it. The truth is, here's what I'm going to tell you, it's the thing that my mentor told me over and over, do the damn thing. Go do it. Right? Whether that is you find somebody online that does it. Now, the online feel a little bit different the cool thing is you're in the comfort of your own space. You can put yourself on mute. You can yell and scream if you feel safe in your own home. And if you let others know, maybe, hey, I'm going to be downstairs. It might sound a little funky, but, or if you can find somewhere in your area, because I can promise there's typically somewhere, I mean, in smaller towns, I'm realizing there's a need for it. Here in Salt Lake in Utah, it's pretty saturated market. We have a wellness center, I swear on every corner that's offering breath work. There is Pause. is who I got certified from P-A-U-S-E, Pause. It has an app. My mentor, Samantha Skelly, she is incredible. And she guides you through a 10 minute journey, a 15 minute, a 25, a 45. And it really is powerful to be able to start by using an app. If you can find a practitioner in your area, I say, go try it in person. There's an energy. There's a healing that happens within a community of people when you're all kind of doing the same work. You have to think about like group fitness. Why do people love it? You're all in there for the same mission. So it's kind of like a group fitness of coming in and doing the healing of the nervous system. and but I really think that we we hit on most things that just breath work is work. It's also a beautiful modality. It's been around for years and years. It's not new. Um, it's just new to us. And I think that if we can lean more and more into that that way of just allowing ourselves to be, I truly feel like breathwork is one of the components that will uplift humanity and make us all have this this depth to life and this kind of an understanding for humanity that we're not all broken. We've just all had things happen to us and some just have chosen not to quite be with it and heal through it and that there is ways out there that you can and people who will understand you.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I think this gets missed, especially on social media nowadays. And let me be a crotchety old lady who's like, social media sucks. <laughs> but I think there's this idea out there that healing isn't work. Yeah, for like, sure. like, like you just all of a sudden like... Heal it and you're fine. And it's no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I definitely love that you bring the social media thing up because I am the crotchety old lady who will say <laughs> social media. But what we see of healing on social media is these beautiful retreats, right? With music mm-hmm. in the background $10,000 retreats in Bali. <laughs> yeah. And they're crying yeah. so beautifully. And then all of a sudden, they're just like this free woman. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not uh, retreats are amazing, but honestly, it's what you do when you get home from a retreat. What is the after, you know, of incorporating those things that you learn from it you know or there are some people on social media who will show the like dark and hard parts of healing but there is you know there is the dark and the hard parts that you have to move through but i always tell people it's just like a strenuous hike as you're like moving up the mountain and it really feels so hard and you're just like is the top worth it like is this waterfall gonna be as pretty as i want it to you get up there and you're like holy cow it is you love it. And then as you're coming back down, the hike is easier on the way down. But it doesn't mean that your quads aren't doing any work, right? There's still work. And I think that's the punchline is there's no finish line to this. It's just ever healing, moving forward, being with evolving. It's this this life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That is something that I think
2: people need to understand just in general is that There is no there where you're just, okay, I'm done. (laughs) No, Ever. With any of it. Yeah. Yeah. We can do all the practical things and we can do all the addressing of the shit. And it's still on some level going to be there. I think for most people, it's never just going to poof away. I mean, you get better, but
0: there's no there. There's no after. It's life. Yeah. And you said it, you get better. And that's exactly what we need to strive for.
2: Thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. Thank you. Tell us where people can find you,
0: follow you, work with you. Do you do any online... You know right now, I'm not. I used to do for the first like year that I, when I was certified, I did um an online and I'm thinking about bringing it back. Um, I'm kind of missing it. I do a lot of in-person gigs and like actually corporate events, but you can find me at the That's the website. That's like all of our events, everything going on. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, I try to always give like practical action in there so that it's not just some like frou-frou newsletter, something you can apply in your life any new YouTube things I found or apps that I found, I put in there. And then The Breath Within You on Instagram, I am most active there for sure. Um, I love engaging with people. I love interacting in my DMs. So find me there. Yeah, or on our website. Wonderful.
2: Well, thank you very much again. Appreciate your time and your wisdom and your knowledge and your willingness to share it.
0: Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Well, we'll ha- I want to have you back. Yeah, let's do it. We can even do like a 5-10 minute breath thing on, on air. Ooh, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll
2: be in touch for sure. Amazing. And have a wonderful day. I love it. You too. Thank you. To everybody else, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening
1: to Tater Talks, Two Bitches Talk Fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at irisdeadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at getyouabrook. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Nice. Nice!